Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Friday, like a special day edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets show, presented by Three Man Weave and our fine sponsor, Bet Rivers, Matthew Cox, uh, adorned in all black, not Black Friday, the Black Friday after Black Friday, I suppose. Uh, Jim, you got the memo. Kai did not. You looked the most jovial of us three this morning. Jim with the new background as he dog sits at a nearby undisclosed location. Going to Mr. McKeon first. Hmm. Um, just opening thoughts, how you feeling, what you learned last night, anything you want to get off your chest. Um, personal corner as well. Happy to hear it. Well, heck, Matt. Uh, happy Friday to you. It's Friday. Yeah, he's feeling here. good. Tomorrow, there's 93 line games. So uh, excited to dive into those. <laughs> yeah, real excited. Uh, takeaways. Yesterday, UConn continues to be amazing. Uh, no Portland hangover for them. Just dominate Oklahoma State. Sonogo had a pretty funny quote. It was like, uh, yeah, they thought, <laughs> they thought they had a chance. They didn't. Uh, they did not. I, I love, love to hear that. <laughs> UConn is a juggernaut. Um, everyone's aware. And how about Creighton too? Kudos to them for keeping that game close with Texas, despite shooting four for 27 from three, they were one for 22 at one point and still in the game that showed me a lot from Creighton. Um, so I, I think the Jays are very much a, a final four contender this year, Jim. Yeah, they, they sure looked at uh, for a team that shot terribly and hung around at Texas, rather impressive. Uh, Texas mm-hmm. offense was decent, I guess I give them half credit, partial credit on that. Uh, my takeaways, Matt, are Utes. Oh boy, they took care of business, kind of demolished Arizona. Uh, whether you want to call it Maui hangover or not, that's up to you. Uh, maybe the Utes are just good. Uh, I know they lost at home to Sam Houston State. They are. That's okay. Sam Houston State's really good too. They're undefeated, uh, or maybe still undefeated, but they have two power conference road wins. It's not like that was a, a total fluke. So yeah, the Utes, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with them and probably going to be riding with them frequently going forward, although that result is going to start skewing their lines. Yeah, I hope I'm kind of hoping they win by like a more narrow margin because yeah, they'll shoot up in every analytic uh, rankings repository, and thus the the market will react to such. Yeah, that was my takeaway, Jim. The Utes, really good team. Uh, Craig Smith, happy for them. And yeah, the Maui hangover I think continues to have some real legs. But we'll holster that. Let's move forward. We got some big time action tonight on a Friday. 
Uh, shout out to the Big Ten for moving their schedule to the to Friday, Sunday uh, slots. We actually get some good games to talk about, but headlining tonight, Jimbo, Gonzaga-Baylor. Rematch of the 2021 title game. This line opened Gonzaga minus two. I think it's sitting at my, or two and a half right now. I'll be honest, I thought it was a little bit high. Um, I know the Baylor and Gonzaga, everyone's kind of selling both teams to various degrees. Um, I thought it'd be closer to pick, so I was surprised to see the Zags favorite. What are your thoughts? The Baylor stinks right now. That's kind of my opinion. Pretty disappointed with them. I think they've been awful to start the year. They've blown out a couple bad teams at home. That's about it. I thought their efforts in Vegas were poor, and the effort at Marquette was even worse, like terrible. Their guards were just handing the ball to Marquette. I know the Golden Eagles are good as a dog and really pressure, but I think Baylor's got some serious issues, and I think I've said this once. I'll say it a million times. To beat Gonzaga, you have to force them to play in the half court. you got to slow them down, make them execute. And I don't really think Baylor's going to do that. I think they're going to run with them. They're going to want transition threes. And I just, I don't see that boding well for them. So I lean towards the uh, the Zags here. I did not bet it because my number still a little bit favors towards Baylor. I haven't knocked them as much as my eye test as I should, but I'm not confident in my Baylor rating. So I'm staying away. Yeah. Neither team nearly as dominant, right? In years past. Um, and, and that's been apparent this season, but I think Baylor might be a little undervalued actually right now um, that that loss to Marquette, a very tough home court, a very tough underdog dropped them eight spots in Kempom from eight to 16. That's pretty big. Um, that's certainly going to affect their analytical standpoint. Now I've seen Gonzaga live. I think Gonzaga is really good. I think Gonzaga is also a little bit underrated. This game in the Palestra will probably, excuse me, um, the Pentagon will probably mostly Zags fans. Uh, I, I doubt Baylor travels nearly as well as the Zags tonight. But I think Baylor can hang. It's the two best offenses in the country. Um, both teams have struggled defensively. Matt, the over is kind of the obvious play here. It's a huge total over 160 right now. It's been bet down. Does that surprise you? 164 is when it, it opens does, down to it 161. It does surprise me a little bit. They open it so high, though. I mean, yeah, I know. It was like a little too high. Yeah, I but I can't see how this isn't super efficient. I don't think Baylor can stop Timmy, but I think Baylor has the edge still on guard play. And hey, Scott Drew. I trust the guy. I think he'll scheme up something here. I mean, they did handle Gonzaga in the championship. That was a couple of years ago, but I think plus two and a half is worth a Baylor lean for me. Yeah. I, the only angle I'll add is you mentioned, you both alluded to it, just the rematch factor from two years ago. Like it's maybe cliche, but the fact that Drew Timmy and, and Antoine Watson and Mark Few, like I, I think that bothered that team. Like they were that close and then to get stomped. I think there's a little bit of revenge um, in the minds of the Zags and they're definitely going to, walk into a pretty feeble opponent relative to what we thought Baylor would be. So uh, I, I have no appetite to get in the way of what could be another Baylor stinker feels like tonight. Um, let's get some big te- some conference play. We got two next up on the rundown here, Illinois, Maryland, Kai, we're going to you first, Maryland. Awesome. Illinois. Awesome. I mean, I, there's really nothing else to say about both teams. They continue to shatter expectations game in game out um, line is, interestingly short would you say maryland favored um does oh, surprise yeah. you? they should be, no they should be favored they were favored okay, by I, more. I agree got I that agree. down actually uh big 10 home court anecdotally pretty strong i i you know who knows if it's it's strong this year every year is different and maybe trends don't really matter that much but i think big 10 on the whole uh their home courts are good maryland's a tough place to play they've also done everything right this year they're six and one against the spread with over an eight point cover margin I mean, they've been awesome and that I'm eating my words a little bit from the preseason because I was a little bit down on this team. Illinois look great as well, but it's their first year road game. And this is a very, very young team. Very young. The experience difference here between Maryland and Illinois, it's huge. And I'm not looking to get in front of the Terps. In fact, I'm looking to back them 
it is my best bet. Maryland minus one and a half. I'm trusting uh, Kevin Willard today to get it done. They they haven't they, I think they barely tra- trailed in any game this year, Kai. So you're probably yeah, not sure they have uh, at least boarding a train that's been unstoppable so far. Uh, yeah, Illinois they, they are young because they play a ton of freshmen, but they have some experience with them. Uh, Shannon's obviously been through some wars. Meyer's been through some wars. Of course, those guys don't play a ton. Uh, excuse me, uh, Meyer doesn't play a ton. Doesn't play as much as we expected coming into the year. But I like Maryland too here as well. I I am very in on Big Ten home court and home court in general. It's been super strong this year relative to past years, and I, I just I think with the way Maryland is playing, you can be confident in that home court playing up. So I'm with you. I would I would mm-hmm. side with you on the Terps. My only concern from a Maryland lens is they haven't played any close games because they've just been so good. Like Illinois at least got two tests in the Vegas MT, two dog fights. I think execution late game. If this game is close. Um, even though Illinois is on the road, I think they're going to be a little sharper in that spot. Um, you know, Maryland's a team doesn't really have a clear cut star. So it's not like their end of game um, high leverage execution is set in stone. A minor nitpick to this handicap. I do think it's a pretty sharp line. And I think the game plays pretty close to a pick, honestly. I just think Illinois is a slightly better team, but the home court juice plays in Maryland's favor. I think we get a good one. Uh, so yeah, feed up popcorn. You're faulting the Terps for not playing a close game. They killed Miami and Slew. I'm not really faulting them. I'm just saying if this game is a close game down the stretch, they have not played in one. Illinois has. I think that will favor Illinois in Illinois a very slight, a slight game, degree. Played in like another yeah, one. Yeah, they've been in one. They've they've, they've dealt that, that scenario. Lost. Yeah, they did lose though. Um, but yeah, no play for me. Put your gloves down. Put your mitts down. I'm not fine with you this morning. It's too early. <laughs> Number to. four on the outline. Going to Jimbo because I'm mad at Kai right now. Clemson hosting Wake Forest. <laughs> Conference game. Uh, I'll give Kai some credit here, unfortunately. He did find a very good stat, Jimbo, talking about Brad Brownell's dominance over Wake Forest historically. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean anything at all to you in this context? One matchup matters to me. That's last year when Clemson, well, it was Steve Forbes with a decent team and Clemson still won. Uh, I don't care about the Danny Manning years. I, I think everybody owns Danny Manning. And then the year before was Steve Forbes, like, kind of trying to figure it out, had a, had a complete bare bones roster. I think everybody picked them like 14th or 15th in the ACC that year. This team's a lot tougher. I've been really impressed with them. The, the road win at Wisconsin, uh, my boy, Cam Hildreth, the redhead British man has made some huge plays for them. He's a really physical defender. Uh, he will take guards driving to his chest and, and swipe down and get some steals. Uh, I, I don't know if Clemson is fully formed. Like the, the, the game they played against Penn state was so back and forth. They kind of choked it away late. I don't know. I, I trust Forbes a little more. I get that Brownells had a, a great record against Wake, but like I said, I only buy last year's meeting as having a lot of meaning to it, and that's pretty small sample size. So I'm I'm going with Wake here. Tyree Appleby's given them the newfound Alondis Williams treatment, uh, like not not quite triple double, but his numbers are like eye popping. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually leaning towards Wake here, especially if you can get a, a three and a half, um, the extra the, the full possession, but. Not strong enough to bet it here. Not not my best bet today, Kai. Yeah, wakes off that huge Wisconsin game. So everyone probably thinking let down here. Uh, Clemson, though, is getting healthier as well. P.J. Hall, right, looked pretty good in that overtime against Penn State. Those stats, by the way, Matt, that you alluded to, Brad Brownell versus Wake, 13-2 and under Brownell against Wake Forest, 9-0 and at home, 2-0 and against Forbes, as Jim mentioned. Last year they beat him by 11. You know, is there something to that? Probably not a whole lot given the change in coaches at Wake and how that program's been during that span. But 
you know, it might be something, might be a little more confidence factor in Brownell, who knows. Uh, I do lean Clemson here. It's a really tough home floor. I do want to shout out Appleby, though, for Wake Forest. He's been immense this season. Uh, Really, really good player thus far. Um, Yeah, you mentioned the letdown spot. You could argue Clemson, same boat off the double OT win, and that game was on Tuesday. I do worry about P.J. Hall. He kind of alludes to in the postgame presser, like, He's as good as he's felt so far this year, but after playing, how many minutes did he play in that double OT game? Like, I got to think he's a little bit sore, short turnaround, a guy who's been like chronically injured his whole career. So, uh, and he's critical for that team, like almost as important defensively as he is on offense. And he's a unicorn on offense. So something to watch. Uh, another ACC showdown as we continue through the rundown. Kai, going to you, the Wolfpack will be hosting. Can I say my Pit Panthers after I've backed them twice? This year and covered, but okay, I won't because I'm not gonna. I don't need to join the Pit Panther bandwagon. Want that, Monica? No, but it was a fun ride, Jim, here in Chicago when they put Northwestern in the uh, the Hurt Locker. So, and that's even putting it lightly. Not even close. Obviously, when you make 14 of 22 from the land of plenty, you're going to beat a lot of good teams. But uh, Kai, I got a sneaky little hunch that this Pit team's a little bit underrated right now. Yeah, they're clearly not as bad as they seemed early on. The the early games where. They had some guys in and out of the lineup. We were ready to not trust Jeff Capel at all. I still do not. But they are 4-3 and against the spread. There's obvious talent on this roster. We always said this roster was talented. Um, I think I even have in my notes from the preseason, if it was a different coach, I would rank them a lot higher. Same with Georgetown, really. Um, But NC State's been excellent, man. I'm not really looking to fade this team currently. They're 5-2 against the spread. They're scoring at a really high level, playing up-tempo. Morcel has turned into a real, real asset for them. And him plus Joyner plus Terquavian Smith, that's one of the best backcourts in the country right now. Uh, and it's it's nice to finally have an NC State team back on the upswing after we were such big fans of Kevin Keats at Wilmington. He's kind of struggled so far. So I don't know. It spreads a little higher for me to endorse NC State, Jim, but I'm wary of fading them currently. Yeah, my, my number's a lot closer to saying bet pit, but I'm not going to do that. And I my gut says NC State, their backcourt is lethal. Like you said, Joyner's, I think he was the MVP of that tournament or I guess their MVP of the tournament down in down in uh, Atlantis. And we, we caught them on the one like really egg they laid, Kai, when we backed yeah. them against Elon. It's a oh, bummer. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, but they hung around with Kansas. They beat Dayton. I mean, they kind of rolled Dayton. They rolled Butler. Uh, I've been really, really impressed with them. And it's a time the kind of team you want to back as a favorite because there's going to be a decent amount of possessions. They'll get up and down a little bit. Pitt's been trying to slow teams down, but they're coming off – that Northwestern game, I don't really like Northwestern's guards, and now they're having to step up big in, in guard competition. I think NC State will be able to control the tempo a little bit more here, and I see a little bit of a letdown effort from Pitt. I'm, I'm selling high off that that outing, Matthew. I'm not going to buy more stock in Pitt, but I'll continue to hold my shares. I'm on Pitt here. Uh, I got 9.5-10. It's still pretty much 9.5-10 everywhere you look. NC State's been awesome. I've watched them play a few times. Everything you guys said is valid. Um, but I just think you look at the rosters pound for pound if they're now that they're both pretty much fully healthy. I mean, Cummings, um, Savandi, Burden, I think this is a really underrated pit backcourt. Um, and I think with Hughley getting more and more healthy, they're actually sharing the ball. Like the way they move the ball is somewhat impressive. It's not just ISO stand around my turn, your turn. And with big John in the middle, sort of healthy. Now he at least draws attention, kickouts for threes. I just like a lot working in the Panthers favor. So um, famous last words as I confidently back Jeff Capel and the Panthers, but that's where uh, I am tonight. One note on that, Matt, the, uh, the pit fan form is pretty funny. They're, they are ragging on Hughley the entire year. They 
talking about how bad he is. His effort's season. a little bit hit or miss. I will, I will admit that. But just yeah. him being out there helps. Like he had a oh, goose egg last game against Northwestern. But yeah, like right. he, when he's in the game, you have to account for him. And I think he I, makes everything. I, I thought it was funny. I love fans. Yeah, I do too. Um, fan forms are the best. Mm-hmm. Chat mob round one. Who is Zaring? I don't think I even asked pre uh, pre show. I apologize. We didn't establish yeah. it, but we can go through the the yeah. List here. I I was starting to try, but I am in a, a by committee Zaring foreign space here, mm-hmm. so I don't have multiple screens. It's a it's a real mess right now. I I will not be doing the show from this location again. I'm furious. Oh, um, I like I know that Saturday Kai. We campus. can start with Boston at Merrimack. Was yeah. asked by Scott H. Start with um, that. I lean towards Boston because Merrimack is a shambles without Jordan Miner. Yeah. Yep, got it at a lower number, minus five now. I'd still take it if Jordan Miner's out. Uh, if if he's out, I think you still go Boston. But let's not ignore how bad Boston's been. And the one thing that scares me, they're really bad against a zone. And Merrimack plays a very good zone. So that's my one concern. But Boston should handle business. Yeah, Merrimack hasn't had like a single good effort since Miner went out. Right. So that's my fear. Um, another one, App State at Charlotte, Matthew. I was kind of leaning towards the road dog here. Charlotte's coming off a big overtime win against a huge rival in Davidson. App State, I think, is feisty. Slow it down. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I was torn. I mean, yeah, off the huge emotional win. Uh, Charlotte did win at App State last year. I think they actually almost blew a huge lead. They play um, every year, I think. They play, it's yeah, it's a fun little rivalry. Pseudo rivalry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no player for me. I think the line at six and a half, seven is pretty sharp. So nothing. Uh, let's see. We got Sandia or South Dakota State. Kent State's on the outline. Canisius at Siena is on the outline. Uh, Campbell at East Carolina, Kai Campbell's actually been sneaky solid in East Carolina. We saw crash down to earth with a home loss to South Carolina state last game. Yeah. I was looking to back ECU. Um, assuming Jesus Carolero is still out for Campbell. I can't find a thing on that guy. So I stayed away. If he's out plus Devin Dunn, who were both were missing last game, I would lean towards ECU, but couldn't find anything passing. Campbell is remarkably poorly covered from my yep. historical research mm-hmm. uh, matt what about kennesaw state at mercer big in-state battle here in the, the mid-major powers of georgia yeah i liked mercer i thought it was a little too short i know kennesaw is good and talented and improved but um i think mercer is the right side here if you have to get involved but i am not officially just for the record yeah i kind of lean kennesaw Mercer's still a little short-handed i'm not sure exactly when glisten will be back uh, he should be sometime soon but Man, Kennesaw, they're, they're feisty. We'll see about that one. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Harvard. We got Harvard, Kai. Uh, we got the Crimson hosting your UMass Minutemen. What do you think? I like UMass here. Uh, actually, this one's on the line at the outline, <clears throat> so we can skip it. Man, I wish uh, I had yeah, a second screen. I'm, I'm about to throw 800 pieces of technology through a window. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. 
Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I, I Let's get be, back to the outline, Jim. I'll, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. Let's get back to Go some structure it. here. Because um, this game's actually really fun. This is probably my most excited game I'm most excited for on the outline. Kent State hosting South Dakota State, kind of mid-major special. Um, the Golden Flashes mm-hmm. made Houston look mortal, which I thought was nearly impossible. Um, just a really well-coached, big, physical, um, yeah. and now kind of pressure-centric uh, type of team. Just an awesome defense balance. Rob Senderoff's the man. Hosting the Jack Bunnies and, you know, established mid-major brand who have a gruesome travel plans for the next 48 hours. They'll be going to Alabama on a back-to-back tomorrow. Does that play into your handicap tonight of this game? Uh, no, not for South Dakota State's back-to-back travel. I don't think they're looking ahead because Kent State's awesome. They're one of the best ATS teams in the country. You mentioned they hung with Houston. Houston had the flu. I don't care. You hang with Houston in any, sta- in any state, you hang with Houston, and you're really good. South Dakota State struggled recently, too. I still think they're a bit underrated. Um, they've played a brutal schedule. Like Matt, like Matt said, they've go to Alabama tomorrow. Um, it, it's kind of nuts what Eric Henderson's doing, but I kind of respect it at the same time. They've beaten Boise. They've beaten Bonnie's they've beaten Vanderbilt on neutral. They're not a pushover by any means. I thought seven points was a bit too many. And as someone pointed in the chat though, my one worry, Jim is the turnover battle here. Kent state fourth in the country in turnover rate forced South Dakota state 358th in turnovers given up turnover rate. That's yikes. I'm looking for their offense to wake up a bit here. I'm leaning towards plus seven. Yeah, this the offense is nowhere near what it was. And look how good Baylor Shireman's been for Creighton. Maybe he was a really huge part of that. They're not making threes at anywhere near the clip they did last year. I think they're like a full 10% below their nation-leading pace. And I am just buying all Kent State right now. I think that team is fantastic. Matt, I might even fade Toledo when Kent State plays them. How about that? That worked I, out I, last I, year. It's a bad matchup. I agree with for, for Toledo. Back to Golden Flashes. That's how impressed I, I am with them. So I stayed away like Kai. Um, I, I was surprised at how high the number was uh, just, just based on these two programs. But mm-hmm. man, Kent State has impressed me enough that I'm not in any hurry to fade them right now. Yeah, the thing with Kent State is their defensive pressure with Kerry and Jacobs, two ball hawks, um, along with their athletic wings, that South Dakota State has been bothered by pressure. So if Kent State and center off decide to dial it up, I think that will be the right play. I think that's how you kind of take South Dakota State out of their comfort zone. Zeke Mayo. Sigmayo, excuse me, talented guard, but erratic and sloppy with the rock sometimes. I think you can kind of pick on him as SFA did uh, earlier this yeah, year. He's not a point guard. That's the problem. He's not a point guard. Right, exactly. They don't, they don't really have one. They, they, they do miss Baylor, who is obviously killing it right now for Creighton. Um, all right, next up, the Miniman Harvard versus the Miniman Mr. McKeon. Game is hovering around to pick them slight edge toward UMass right now in the current markets. They're laying one and a half, two. It's about what it should be. Um, my gut was screaming UMass because I just don't really trust Harvard. I don't trust UMass at all, but I just think they're the better team. Thoughts? I think there are too. Harvard's been kind of bad. Um, they're a really tough team to figure out. They have a lot of weird efforts. It took them a while to get away from Holy Cross in the first half yesterday, or whatever, two days ago. Holy Cross is terrible. They were without their best player. They won by 40, Harvard did. But it's still strange efforts from them. I don't trust them. And UMass, hey, despite how ugly they play, they continue to win. They continue to cover. They're currently 10th in luck in Kempom. There is something to that if you watch their games. They also, Jim, have a plus two cover margin on a four and one ATS record. So it's probably a little bit, ooh, we barely covered, barely covered, barely covered, but no travel here. Harvest not looking great. I lean towards UMass. 
Yeah, they've been really good in close games. I think that's yes. a part of it. They've had a couple big shots. Your boy Noah Fernandes at the uh, the Myrtle Beach Invitational had a big one for you. So uh, I've you know been impressed with UMass results. I test, like we said, a little results, bit more yeah. frustrating, but Harvard is results frustrating and I test frustrating. Like <laughs> I don't I don't get excited when I watch them. I, I watched them at Fordham. Was backing them there, and they do some dumb things, man. Unsurprisingly, Matt, it's that Coach K coaching tree. So many yeah, other teams are great. just careless. Uh, so I, yeah, I, this was a, this was a stay away from me. Two teams. I don't really trust right now. Shouts to King D sports betting. Uh, road team is five, two and one ATS in this matchup, which I totally buy basically no home going from Amherst to I don't, uh, Cambridge. Or I don't understand the three and seven ATS on Friday. What's the, what's the sample size there? They've played eight games this year. They play yeah, Friday every year. Maybe last year. Unclear. Uh, we'll move forward until we get more context on that trend. Jim, it's time for action. MAAC, Great. we got a twofer. Great. I know it's always a fun league to bet. Um, actually, it's not. It's actually a, it's a terrible league to bet. You know, no one knows what's going to happen. Impossible. In general, it's when in doubt, just bet the dog. That's kind of as simple as it gets, except except when you're playing Iona, and that's who we're going to start with. Iona hosting Niagara, the fighting Greg Paulus's. Um, I thought the line was kind of high. I think Greg Paulus is pretty good as a dog. He's feisty. But, man, the talent gap is pretty seismic here, so I didn't, I didn't take him. Yeah, it's enormous, the the talent gap, but I think the line's too big too. Niagara's playing the slowest, or sec, excuse me, second slowest offensive pace in the country. They are desperately trying to shorten games because they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a ton of talent. They don't have a ton of size. They're like, let's just mellow this game down, and hopefully there's so few possessions that we can be in it at the end and make a play or two, and that's kind of worked for them. Over in London, they, they swept Central Arkansas and Stetson. Rather impressive. They kept the St. John's game close. Granted, there was no posh in that game. But I've been pretty impressed so far with with Niagara and their ability to kind of muck things up and and play successfully in the muck. So I would lean towards the dog here, as Matt said. That's it should be gut instinct with with games in the Metro Atlantic. Yeah, I think it's a huge spread for a conference game here. But the only problem is Iona tends to be a little bit of an exception to that rule. I did look back though uh, at Iona. They only won seven MAC games last year by double digits. Yeah, that's 20. true. Last year they actually were as dominant as I that thought. That feels a bit low for they're seventeen and three in the conference. You would expect there to be a little bit more than that. They killed Niagara last year, but they also lost to them. Uh, Iona's also only played four games this year, just four games. That's kind of their usual schedule with how their their semesters I think are set up at the school. Um, so perhaps they're not as seasoned, we'll say, as Niagara. And like Jim said, Paulus really slows the tempo. He's holding the ball purposely, making the uh, games low possession. It's pretty key against Iona, a team that really likes to run. It's a talent mismatch. Iona clearly covers Niagara there from a talent perspective, but that gamesmanship map might be enough to cover. I do lean towards Niagara. Yeah, the, the tempo thing that Jim mentioned is huge. Like, I just think I look at this conference historically, anecdotally, the slowish tempo and especially low efficiency. It's never a good offensive efficiency league. I think it just plays well for dogs, right? Lower scoring games, you get higher variance. Teams that shouldn't compete tend to compete. So. Um, and also home court is basically nothing in this conference. Every trip's a bus right away, basically. Um, next game, Sienna Canisius. Uh, a longer travel for the Buffalo-based Golden Griffins coming to uh, Albany, upstate New York travel there. Jim, the Saints have been good this year. Um, I kind of kicked myself for not running back the when the Saints go marching in campaign that I was the chief of last year. They've been pretty damn good. The Golden Griffins have not. Is it too obvious to take Sienna here? maybe the number's been bet up a little bit i believe been uh, down, actually, actually kind of seven's been bit down wow. yeah surprising yeah. that's not what i was down expecting. to seven 
I like the under uh, big time under matchup between these two. It's been like, uh, I think seven of the last 10 matchups have gone under. And I would think maybe Sienna is less motivated to run coming back from their pretty impressive performance down in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're starting league play. I know Matt has some solid data that sometimes the, the first league game in December is actually conducive to the over. Uh, but I was leaning towards the under with this one. I, I would just think Sienna's slow tempo offensively. Canisius is more execution based on that end. Um, and the stakes of league play hopefully will will be uh, lining up for that. But still not my best bet. Staying away from that on this one uh, because, Kai, I don't like the Mac. Betting the Mac is very difficult for me. I don't know it if is. that's just a me thing, but I have troubles with it. It's random. It's really random. Any team can beat any team. And they're, they're all the same. Ra- random, random. Random. That's exactly right. It feels like Sienna's a bit too um, high for my liking. Um, they beat Florida State. They beat Seton Hall. They rose 50 spots in Kempom. They're solid. This is the same team, though, that battled with Holy Cross, lost to Army. I'm not ready to call Sienna an awesome mid-major team yet. They're solid. But Canisius, Matt, like you said, they've been awful. I can't trust them. In fact, I haven't trusted them for years. They're probably the most the, the team I trust least in college basketball. Um, they do have athleticism, though. That can bother Sienna. That's probably the... Biggest kryptonite for Sienna, despite those Florida State and Hall wins. Kind of strange. Uh, perhaps that's how Canisius sort of finds an edge here. But down to seven, I, I can't back Canisius. Yeah, nine, I think I would have. Seven's just too low. Um, I think Canisius is too proud of the program. I think Weatherspoon is solid. His, his team hasn't been ravaged by injuries as much as it was in prior years, which really doomed their like, – like the COVID crippled them, and then they had a time that like Malik Green was really banged up. So they've had some bad luck go against them. Made me think they'd be a bounce back candidate this year, but I haven't seen it. Uh, my guy, Hako Taco Fritz, is still coming back from an injury. So um, his limit, his minute count is annoyingly low, but I, I love him when he's at his best. All that is to say, no play. And it's time for chat mob round two. Jimbo, lead us. Got you for it. Yep. Uh, from here, we got a twofer. I'll go to Matt first here. Charleston Southern at South Florida. And South Florida as a favorite, do we? Is there any chance we can trust them? Um, Charleston Southern's actually been a little bit better Check this South year than the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah. No, we can't though, Jim. We cannot trust South Florida under any circumstances. Right, Absolutely fair. not. That was a favorite. Uh, Kai, Eastern Kentucky at James Madison, also from Harry. I, I read that James Madison had a little bit of a flu, and that might have contributed to the poor Valpo effort Great. that frustrated the heck out of us. <laughs> Um, they should get a debut from Tyree Iannaccio, the former Summit Freshman of the Year at North Dakota. Adds a, a little more playmaking juice. I kind of like uh, James Madison here. I took it small. Uh, it's going to be a really high possession game. Eastern Kentucky likes to run. So yeah. it, am I Am I crazy? Or, or are we just off the JMU bandwagon after that last game? I'm not off the bandwagon. <clears throat> I hate flu season. There's so many unexpected guys out. It's, it makes betting very frustrating. No, I'm still on it. Um, I think EKU is in trouble if they try to run. And they're going to. I think they've played slower opponents because it's kind of kept their tempo down a little bit. Hamilton wants to run. That is what he wants to do. He literally advertises it for their team. Um, for, for yeah, their it's like a billboard. Yeah, it is. Um, the over is the obvious play, and it's gotten hammered. So I don't know if I can recommend it at, the, at this current. I price. might still do it. Why not? One fifty-eight. These teams are going to eat or going to sail over one sixty, won't they? they? Should they should yeah. you like to see that your old ninety to eighty-five kind of game and yeah. right, just it. something just ridiculous, right? Like the FIU NC State game or something. Yeah. Um, Matt, next. Oh, sorry, Jim, real quick. Oh, Kai, Kai, we have the flu flu point. Anyone has any flu intel, you should DM us because it's impossible to find information. If we have it, we need to know about it. Do not share it in the the chat forum. DM us privately. Thank you. You know, someone with the flu, just, yeah, give us a scoop. (laughs) Uh, Matt, Florida A&M at Georgia from Josh Benedict. Florida A&M is terrible. 
But do we trust Georgia covering a big spread? They've had some absences. Moncrief missed last game. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I just can't get involved in any game with Florida A&M because they are so bad, but because the prices reflect how bad they are at this point. So it's just like you're betting into a complete random crapshoot dart throwing contest if you're betting Florida A&M games. Yeah, I, I wanted to back Georgia, but the injury stuff gave me too much hesitation. And I also am a little bit of scarred from backing Mike White as a big dog at Florida or a big, big favorite. He just never really it had some tendencies to not quite blow teams out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kai, I, I hope you're not too bitter about one of these teams, but Uh-oh. George Lowe Towson is headed to LIU. Man, I think LSU, LIU is awful. They're down to like seven scholarship players. St. John's just played with their food a little bit down the stretch. I don't they think did. Towson will. I think Towson smashes them. I tend to think so too, Jim, but I'm 0-2 betting against LIU. So I'm done. I mean, they are getting blown out every game. The teams just kind of give up at the end, the better team, put the walk-ons in. Weird stuff happens. A lot of variance in high spread games. So you got to be careful when you're betting games over 20, 30, because um, a lot of weird stuff can happen at the end of games. So I'd yeah, say maybe, anyway. maybe Towson first half. First half. I sure. think they could be all over play. here. Yeah. Um, and I think they've taken money. So it, current current price is a little dicier. But first half, I, I think you're probably in, in good shape with that one. Uh, Matt we got an in-state rivalry up in Rhode Island. Bryant at Brown. Bryant by a lot of points. I, I think they smack him. I, I really do. I know Brown's been fine, I guess. A uh, couple injury concerns. I just think they don't match up well with Bryant. I, I think you need to play like a true Ivy type of, um, you know, more mix and match defenses, more, I think, complexity to really thwart Bryant. And that's Brown's more of a non-Ivy type of Ivy team. Yeah, Brown is willing to run, and that's yeah, you're just playing into Bryant's hands, and that's at Bryant, by the way. I miss I misspoke. That is uh, in Smithfield. Um, hey, I've I'll be there. Uh, I'll be in Smithfield in 24 hours. How about that, guys? Is, Fun fact. is that at Bryant? I thought it was at Brown. Um, Actually, I'll be in just outside per, Smithfield. Per Mr. Ken Pomeroy, it is wow. like 20 minutes away. Bryant. Okay, I had yeah, that, 20 um, minutes away. Not big trouble. I had that reversed. How about there that? We go. Huh. Uh, we're all learning on the show here. That's wow. good. We're, we're people helping people. Another question in the chat was Colgate at Auburn. And you know what? I'm just going to expose myself in a legal way here and give my best bet. Auburn minus 13. They are a rocking home team. And I think Colgate, as good and as well coached as they are, they really struggle with athleticism. Auburn's going to wear you down with pressure over the course of the game. Maybe this isn't a home run right away. Uh, but I, I think by the end of the second half, or by midway through the second half, we start to see the fork happen. We start to see the athleticism wear I think back to that Colgate game, the NCAA tournament against Arkansas as a neutral floor against an SEC team that they just ran out of steam completely. I think on the road in the jungle, we see that effect amplified. So Auburn minus 13 is my best bet. Let's see. Anything else in the chat that I missed? We've hit App State Charlotte. We've hit Campbell ECU. Idaho, Northern Illinois. Let's get a main board take. I know, right? What a dumb... Who called who to schedule this game? Let's go to Idaho. I think Let's go Idaho's to in a great spot Western here. Western Chicago. Yeah, I agree. Northern I guess Illinois I agree just played Eastern Illinois 48 hours ago, had a big win. Now they have to go to Idaho, and then they're off for 10 days for finals. That's a really weird schedule spot. Yep. I could see them kind of thrown in the towel. But Idaho's got injuries. Kai, you noted Mr. Frank yeah, might Terry not be Frank. playing. Yep, he's out probably. So that's dampens my enthusiasm for it, but I do love mm-hmm. the spot for Idaho. Um. All right. I believe that is it for the chat. Pat Taylor says he desperately needs an under. Pat, I am ice cold on totals. You don't want an under from me. So 
I'm just gonna. It's not a good time to bet to bet unders right now. It's not an unders. Yeah. Not under market right now. It Last three days, three of the most uh, most efficient four days of the season. It, it's skyrocketing. So unders are really tough to find. It must be that uh, post Thanksgiving, uh, no defense hangover potentially. Hey, it's time for best bets, and we haven't talked about mine, so I'm going to lead us off here. It's a pretty simple fate of large home favorite LSU. Um, taking UT Arlington, the Mavs making the not-so-far trip there over to the the Bayou. I, LSU, look at what they've done at home as like substantial uh, home favorites. Their only game they've looked dominant was against Illinois State. Illinois State is one of the five worst ATS teams, cover margin outright in the country so far. Probably should have lost to Wofford. Um, played with what UMKC closed, played with their food against who was their first game. I'm already blanking. It, they're not a good large favorite. This team's not that talented. Way too many UMKC points. Take UT. UMKC. That's right. Um, yeah, take take UTA plus 19. What's that right now? Yeah, 19. 19. Yeah. Boom. Kai. Yeah, I, I like your lean there, Mad. That spread has not moved an inch. Curious. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't understand. People like yeah, LSU but, in this. The one or, game they covered as a big favorite was against New Orleans. Yeah. I was on New Orleans. Oh yeah, they actually have two, and New Orleans sucks too. Yeah, they've gotten lucky with those teams. They're not. Ar- Arlington's offense is one of the worst in the country. It's it's not good. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about that. Like they score like 36 points in this game, but uh, I good luck, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, Maryland minus one and a half was my best bet. Big Ten home Terps were legit. Illinois young first road game. That's the gist. Jim. There you go. Yep. Mine was Auburn minus 13. Big athleticism edge over Colgate. I think that wears them down over the course of the game. Bruce Pearl's teams have been remarkable. ATS at home last year was an outlier awesome, but it's been a pretty consistent trend for them in the jungle. I think that environment feeds Wendell Green and Katie Johnson quite a bit. So I will take the Tigers at home against a very competent Colgate squad. Love it. Well, that wraps it up. Boys and girls, thank you for tuning in on this Friday special edition. Again, we are off tomorrow. Um, I'm sorry. Go I'm actually USA. not sorry. I'm excited to watch the U.S. Yeah, of A. Don't be sorry. In the knockout stages, baby. So make sure you take the time you had already set aside to watch this program. Put on some red, blue, and white and be patriotic for a day. Yeah. Get um, your bets in s- by uh, 9 a.m. Eastern and, and right get watching the game at 10 a.m. Eastern. That's, but don't hit the overnights, please. Don't do that. Help us out. Don't don't hit the overnights. That's That's not nice. Um, we'll see you guys Monday. I believe we're back Monday at the usual time. Um, we'll get back into a nice little regularly scheduled cadence for next week. Until- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.